another episode <laughs> from, oh yeah we're back from um from i don't know what last week was but it was a high time in the it Lord. was something was it did Lola, our hearts not burn <laughs> our hearts burned and maybe your ears did too but lola <laughs> blessed us yeah like none other but this is this friend is friend podcast friend in real <laughs> life not just friend of the pod it's a friend in real life but this is the podcast the jigsaw podcast welcome back i am josh rogers I am Brian Hare. And we are here for another episode and we talk about how we navigate this crazy thing called life. But specifically, we talk about the perils, the praises, mm-hmm. productivity, and the pump of circumstance of being black men in America. How are you, brother? It's an interesting Man, time in America. It is. It's an interesting time in America, but it's always a great day to be black, brother. Ooh, yes, it is. If I woke up white, I cry. Right. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I'm just telling you the truth. I don't know why that just, that just that just took me to the to the utmost. <laughs> it, it, to the utmost, Jesus says. Uh, oh, Jesus, oh. get like a little school girl. Yeah, ain't we? <laughs> oh, we listen. We get, let's see. That's what this life is about: being black, finding joy <laughs> when there is not. It's, you know, it's not a lot of things you're joyful about. Just gotta find the pockets of joy in all the things. How was your We're weekend, here. bro? Um, it was like a thirty minute break. I don't remember what we did on the week. No, hold on. What did we do on the weekend? I don't remember. What we, we went to the, to go to the park, brother. I don't know what we did on the weekend. Like it okay. was that quick. <laughs> I think I did go to the park. I think I remember seeing videos of y'all on the park and on the IG story. Okay, so I think we went to the park. Um, but it was a blur. Um, okay, it'd be how like was your weekend? It'd be like it was. That, it was okay. I went back to Effect Finish, like I said. Okay, bless it. Um, oh, duly. I told the man of God after class, I said, I don't know who offended you, but you don't have to take it out on us. <laughs> I about died in there. I ain't never needed my asthma pump so badly in my adult life <laughs> than I did Saturday. But no, it was cool. I did that. Um, I really just chilled out for the most part. We went to Bar Taco um, with the fam. You know, everybody in the fam vaccinated. So went to Bar Taco. And, oh, bless him. Yeah. And um, that was pretty much it, I was trying to find a brunch move, a safe brunch move. I was ready. I okay. had a fresh haircut. You mm-hmm. know, I was mm-hmm. ready. It was feeling good. I was ready to unbutton my shirt down to like the fourth button. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, all the skin. Listen, listen. I ain't building this body to hide it. Glory to God. Um, let it all hang out. <laughs> but, uh,. <laughs> <laughs> But no, no, it was it was cool. I, I found out something cool. I think we're turning okay. into the Simpsons, Brian. Okay, how how was that? So Jeopardy announced that Lavar Burton is going to host, going to be the guest host um, during their final season for they announce a specific person. Look at God. Look at God. So I'm praying that the man of God goes in there and kills it. <laughs> he needs to kill it. He needs kill to kill it so that he can be the first black host and all the things. Yes, yes. So we need to make sure. Not only does he need to kill it, we need to watch it. So I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch um, it. I think. I think they it. in the tweet. I want to say they announced the date. I'm going to go back and find it. But he is. It's definitely happening. He's. They, they're doing like this series of guest hosts, and he's the final one. And um, okay. we're so excited. Take a look. 
It's in a book, the oh, reading yeah. rainbow. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to do it because I have a song <laughs> of the week that I need to, I need to preserve my voice for. Okay. All right. Okay. So I found okay. a song. Okay. Brian, you may actually be surprised <laughs> by okay. the song and the artist because, you know, I don't play her music often. Okay. But there is one particular song that mm-hmm. is, it was kind of quarantine appropriate. Okay. It's appropriate for this particular show in terms of the title. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's my all-time favorite song by her. <laughs> Let me say it that way. Oh, okay. By her. I, can, I, can, I can see. Okay. 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 <clears throat> so it goes like this. It's a little, little 90s beat go boom. <laughs> boom. Okay. <laughs> Just jump into it. <clears throat> it goes. Seems like ever since the first day we met, Give it there is no right one now. else I think of more than you. Can't seem to forget. Can't get you out my head. Mm-hmm. Guess the verdict's in. I'm crazy mm-hmm. over you. How one? can one be down? Mm-hmm. Tell me where to start. Because mm-hmm. every time you smile, I feel trembles in my heart. I have but one concern. How can I get with you till my day comes? Is what I'm going to do. Sitting up in my room. Uh-huh. I keep thinking about you. Uh, I must confess, I'm a mess for you. That is sitting up in my room. It's a good one. By Brandon Babyface wrote that song. He, and he played the heck out of that bass. I think he played the bass on the song, too. So that's that what I was trying to do. Yeah. That's what I was trying to give you. Listen, that's such a good song. My it's favorite good. line it's is, um, what did she say? What, what did Babyface Oh, um. Pray that you'll invest in my happiness. Ain't that a line? I pray that something. you will invest. Listen, I'm crushing on you, but my ultimate mm. prayer is that you, in return, invest into my happiness. She says, how can I be down? Tell me where to mm. start. Women, take notes. <laughs> how can I be down? <laughs> Tell me where to start. Because every right. listen, I get trembles in my heart. My I have heart. but one mm. concern. How can I give it till my day comes? This is what I'm gonna do. Sit up in that room. <laughs> Down mm, here thinking just about chased. You. Just chased. <laughs> and no sex. <laughs> I had no sex. I had no sex. <laughs> just sitting in this room. Mighty God, holding myself just. up. Got my panties zipped up and locked up and tied up. <laughs> Cause I'm thinking about you. That's what Brandy said. <laughs> She had a purity lock on her vajayjay because she was sitting up thinking about some man. <laughs> <laughs> Mighty God. Oh, God. <laughs> you ready that to get into so the show, ways. bro? God. <laughs> <laughs> what a word. I just delivered you a Ooh, word. Child, we're starting off. <laughs> I delivered you a word. Mighty God. All right. You ready to, uh, you ready to go Mighty into God. the, uh, what are we going? Bless up report. <laughs> Bless up. Let's go and go there. All right, we are here at the Bless Up Report while we customarily, you know, shout out or bless up black folks doing great black things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do three three sixty six. 
25. 25 eight. eight. <laughs> there you go. He's late. <laughs> <laughs> uh, black people are always doing great things. So we do have a black folk or black person doing something great. Uh, so Mickey Guyton. Um, before today, I've never heard of her. Um, this first black woman to host the ACM Awards, that's the uh, American Country Music Awards, which is you know makes sense why I did not know her <laughs> off yeah. of just the name, uh, mm-hmm. but I have seen her before. Um, so according to Because of Them We Can, Guyton wild viewers last year with her performance of What Are You Gonna Tell Her in a Beautiful White Gown. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shout out to Riri. <laughs> Beautiful gowns, all beautiful the gowns. gowns, beautiful gowns. What do you think about Nicki Minaj? Mm. Gowns. <laughs> oh, there's this video out there. Pause for the call. So there's a video out there that's circulating on like Instagram, and it just shows all of the messy comments that Aretha Franklin has made over the years, and it is plentiful. It is amazing. It <laughs> gives me all the life. Um, so she wore this brief white ground, uh, gown, uh, crooning out melodic verses while country legend Keith Urban played the piano. Back then, she made history as the first black woman to perform at the show in its 50-year history. Wow. So country music is still <laughs> I mean, trying behind. to come from, <laughs> come from Jim Crow, okay? Uh, doing it while pregnant with her first child. So this is some on some black women do everything um, better than everybody else. She was Shout pregnant. Shout out Beyonce, love on top. It's a shout out to Serena winning Wimbledon pregnant. <laughs> what can black women do? Um, so Gaten, uh, Guyton uh, graced the stage again at this year's 63rd annual Grammy Awards, performing her single Black Like Me while earning her first Grammy nomination. I love the song Black Like Me because you're in a, uh, a country music industry. that ain't nobody black like you. Nobody. Uh, Aaron so, Neville. Is he, is he still? Is he? Has he gone up to glory? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He had that big old mole in his face and his voice is always quivery. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to derail you like that, Brian. <laughs> and and, and no, no lie though, in this, I know I know who the person that sings this song, but I thought you could you couldn't tell me that um Aaron Neville wasn't singing. Um, on John P. Key stand. I oh, decided. Oh, that's yeah. Stand. It sounds yeah, like Aaron Neville. Just like him, yeah. I was like, look at Aaron Neville singing gospel. <laughs> um, that's near the end of there. Well, I don't know. This is what happens. We just start talking. <laughs> oh, child, Holy Ghost. All right. So now the country sweetheart will become the first black woman to host the Academy of Country Music Awards. So I'm excited about that. Yes. Uh, will you be watching? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, nope. no, I mean, nope, no, I'll go see the YouTube clip. <laughs> right. Uh, in addition to her hosting duties, uh, Guyton will be performing at this year's awards show and is nominated for ACM's new Female Artist of the Year award. So here she's brand new coming here, crushing um, country music. So shouts out to her. Uh, she will co-host alongside Urban, who is a longtime country music star. He's actually married to uh, the white lady who does movies. Um Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Right. A lesson. There should be a thing that you you do. I'm a, other than the athletic abbreviations where you say like name that white person. Um oh, because I you will fail. <laughs> you and Lauren do not know white. I people. will fail. No. <laughs> <laughs> I might throw that in somewhere. Like, name this white person. Okay. Um, 
I know Angelina uh, and- Jolie. <laughs> <laughs> Name five white people. Okay. Angelina Jolie. Okay. Brad Pitt. Okay. Um, Melissa McCarthy, because I love her. <laughs> okay. Um, Two more. Zach from Save Out of Bell, because he's in Mixed Dish. <laughs> Paul, his name is like Paul Gosselalagurgir. Yeah. Mark Paul Gosler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That guy. Only because he's in mixed dish. Am I remembering him right now? And I literally just watched it before we started recording. And a final Caucasian. Oh. We just need one. Hillary Clinton. Look at God. You made it. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. But you don't love some Hillary Rodham. <laughs> you do. <laughs> the pantsuit queen. Oh, yeah. The slick back. <laughs> All right, so along with Urban, she's going to be hosting um, the first black host to host the first black person to host the award show since Charlie Pride back in 1984. Okay, Joshua, who's Charlie Pride? <laughs> now, let me go to the Google. <laughs> I mean, clearly uh, he, was, he was he was he was one of the blacks. A, tr- a trendsetter, <laughs> a trend- <laughs> trailblazer. Were you born in '84? I was not. You hadn't. Charlie- had- you had I had the nuts I, I, I was still in my father's nutsack. I was still in there. <laughs> That's how I shoot out. You <laughs> go find that egg. I was just swimming away. You just swim. You won. <laughs> I won. Out of the the millions didn't make it. Millions didn't make it, but I did. So okay, so I, so I googled Charlie Pride. Okay. He's black. He's black. Is he alive? Um, no, he died in 2020. Oh, Mike, Mike, 2020, they took out the first black <laughs> country music award host. We couldn't even mourn. We, we, could. we couldn't even mourn. We didn't know who he was. Rest up to you, Mr. Pride. Rest, rest up, to, rest up to Mr. Pride. Jesus Christ. Happy belated. Um, But bless up. To... Wait, happy belated what? <laughs> <laughs> belated bless up. I mean, belated, belated rest up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, bless up to uh, bless up to sweet daughter. We made it out of twenty twenty. Bless bless up, Mickey. We proud of bless you. Bless up, Mickey, <laughs> for being black and bursting down all the doors and the barriers, mm. and standing in the gap for our own dear friend Charlie Pride, who we know who we've listened to his music over the years. Oh yes, and he was no Aaron Neville. <laughs> he was no Aaron Neville. <laughs> 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 well, we thank God for him. You remember when uh, Nelly did that song with Garth Brooks? It was terrible. <laughs> All of my head, over and over again. There's <laughs> some things that didn't happen <laughs> in this music. Anyway, wh- cool. wh- what is this show coming to right now? <laughs> we ain't we ain't going too far in this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we made it out. We made it out of the bless up. Uh-huh. Uh, let's go move on over to oh, as the country people say, it's mosey on over to the yep. billboard. I'm gonna take my horse to the. Look at that. That was another trendsetter in in, in country. It, it is. What is Lenazik's real name? Mm-hmm. Let's go to the Googles. <laughs> this is why we need an assistant so we can just say stuff and they can be over there typing away. <laughs> why could be like Rayshard or something like that? Montero. Oh, that's an. Oh, that's why the song was called "Call Me by My Name" because his name is Montero. Mont- Montero, Montero Lamar, Lamar Hill. Hill. That is oh. now that is a black name. A strong black name. <laughs> Montero Hill here. Montero. Yeah. He, do you go by Monty? What do you think it goes by? He Montero. 
Tarot. Mm, it's Tarot. <laughs> I'm surprised it ain't Terio. <laughs> right. Montario. I, I know I, I Terio. I know a Montario. <laughs> I know Terio. Shouts out to Terio um, who listens to the podcast. Bless you, brother. Um, shout out to all the Terios out there. The Montarios, the Ontarios, the D-Terios, the Dontarios, the Luterios, the ladies, the Shaterios, the Shaterios. All of them. All of them. However way you want to conjugate it. Shout out to y'all. All right. Um, before I go into the billboard, I want to I want to pass the rest mm-hmm. up back to you, Brian, okay. because all of your rap heroes are flying up out of here. They are flying up out of here. <laughs> and, and, and what do you normally say when people don't die? Huh? You normally say God did what? Oh, stayed the hand of death. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't do it this week. He didn't do it this week. He let that hand go. <laughs> <laughs> he said, have your way. He said, have your way. <laughs> um... So uh, we're seems like we're getting back on the trend of just every, every week. week. We're, we're praying next week is different. We're praying. Yeah, we're praying next week is different. Um, so um, we did lose another one uh, this week. Black Rob rapper closely associated with bad boy. And he was behind the hit single. Whoa. Okay. Mm. He died at age 52. He died of cardiac arrest uh, on Saturday's past Saturday in Atlanta. According to his friend, the label mate, Mark Curry, Curry said that the hip hop artist had been suffering from health problems and a bunch of other things like lupus and kidney failure and diabetes and had multiple strokes. And it was interesting because it actually had circulated before DMX had passed away. There was a video with Black Rob in the hospital mm-hmm. praying for DMX. Uh, and it, you can just kind of see that Black Rob had been, been deteriorating over yeah. time and black rob is definitely one of the folks who i like uh, i think we said in the group chat he's one of my favorite art uh hip-hop voices like as far as his voice his tone um how he delivered a song was was pretty good um whoa like was one of the songs that um that just hit when it hit um yeah. there's actually a line that i didn't know it was actually there a list of recently and said something about a fingernail near the butthole or something like that and i said whoa okay and that it, was whoa. It was appropriate. Um, Maybe that's why yeah. Maya said, "My love is like whoa." Mm. She likes my it. love. She like that finger whoa. in that butt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Pop that butt, that finger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, it's I'm definitely. So glad y'all can't see us. <laughs> right, it's a mess. It's oh Jesus help us. Um. So yes, yeah, so, so bless up to or arrest up to Black Rob. Um, yeah, if you don't do anything this week, listen to some Black Rob. Whoa, special delivery. Um, if you like hip hop, do that. <laughs> if you like hip hop, okay. <laughs> rest up, rest up, Black, Black Rob. Rob. Prayers for his family, friends, and loved ones. All, All right. right, so we're in the Billboard, and um, Brian. Yes, I just want to. I, I want to kind of stay on theme a little bit for the rest up. Okay. Um, this yesterday, four twenty. Mm-hmm. What a day to be born! <laughs> what a day. Matter of fact, to, we're recording this on Wednesday, the twenty first. All of y'all mm-hmm. participating four twenty. I better be glad y'all work from home because them jobs would have been giving out them random drug tests for y'all smoking that ganja, that Mary <laughs> that ganja, Jane, that Mary Jane, that sticky yicky. Mm, that that, but, that green uh, stuff. That green stuff, or as, as Jaleel White would say, that purple oracle because he has his own, his own line of cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, but good. anyway, yesterday was not only four twenty for the marijuana um, aficionados, but it was it would have it would have been the Velvet Voices 
70th birthday. Who has the velvet voice? Luther Vandross oh, has the bear that has the velvet voice. He um, does. The iconic singer passed away in 2005. And we miss him dear. We miss Lil Luther, Big Luther, whatever whatever Luther we got, we miss. Mm. Uh, and Google um, dedicated their homepage, Doodle to him on yesterday. Um, and he was responsible for many love classics, many wedding ballads, many um just all around great love songs. Mm-hmm. Songs like A House Is Not a Home and Never Too Much. And Ooh, if favorite, this favorite world song. was of mine and mm. here and now but my favorite song mm-hmm. by luther vandross okay it's knowing love the way i do boom 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 mm-hmm. i can say for certain that it's true there's a chance for me and you mm-hmm. boom, boom i surely feel like the time is near Hey, okay. picture in my mind is very clear. I think love has brought us here. Okay, that's a good one. Boom, boom. I remember not too long ago. Sing tonight. I was just a lonely person with a lonely heart. Okay. Yeah. And I was hoping there could one day be mm-hmm. be a chance oh for me to get the love that I've been missing. Sometimes love takes a long time, but wait for love and you're gonna get the chance to love. Wait for love, wait for love. Oh my. That is Wait for Love. I look the bedrock. It's one of my favorite songs. I look the bedrock. I actually proposed to my wife to that song. I look the bedrock to play it in the background. Oh, bless you. So shout out to Ash. I waited for love. Oh, look at God. Because <laughs> Luther Bedrock said, I was just a lonely person with a lonely heart. <laughs> but lonely I, person with a lonely heart. One of these songs preaches another song, but I they, waited they for love. And I got the chance to love. Brian mm. waited for love. Mm, waited. He, had to, he had to wait until he relocated to Atlanta. <laughs> Look at God. <laughs> to find this woman from Virginia. <laughs> Look at, won't he put us together? Put you together. Y'all met at this whole purple church. <laughs> it was blue. <laughs> It was blue. It was blue at that time. It was blue. It was power. It was Johnson Johnson baby blue. Right. <laughs> and now it's the Purple Palace. Now it's the Purple Palace. And now y'all at home. <laughs> Listen, I ain't been back in years. Because ain't nobody at church. <laughs> but no. Uh, but no, shout out to Luther Vandroff and his legacy and all of the wonderful things. Uh, never too much. Never too much. Never too much. All the things. All the things, you know. All the things here and now. Oh, I promise to love faithfully. That's like the wedding song. You're all I need. Dance with my father again. See, the band doesn't even make a song up until our teenage years mm-hmm. and stuff like this. He said, Excuse me, miss. miss. But what's your name? That's a good one. You gotta go and, go you and, and possibly can yeah. I take you out tonight to the movies, to the park. I have you home before we start. Gentlemen, no, listen. <laughs> Let me make your house a home, baby. Luther Vandross out here at living. Didn't he have a? Didn't he have a do with Beyonce? I think he did. He did. Listen, Beyonce yeah. out here doing. Listen, Luther, 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 Luther. Shout no, out to Luther. 
Speaking of Luther, I'm uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm let you move on. But if you want to see like a good rendition of a house is not a home, just Google his uh, live um, in New York um, version. Oh, that man is just doing all kind of vocal aerobics and just showing I mean, a, these a folks. Singer par excellence. <laughs> singer, and then I think he did a duet with um, Mariah Carey on that same th- on that same performance. Whew. I'm sorry. You know who That's else a- he has a duet with? Yes, not Riri. Dion Warby. He does. He does. He does. He does. He does. As I was going back and remember this is music. Apple show like they got a they got a video together. And everything. <laughs> <laughs> it is something to behold. Um, but um, shout out to Luther. Uh, always a classic. Always, always. an icon. Um, David Chappelle wants to move to Africa. He's tired of you blacks in America. Okay. He's tired of you whites in America. The 47-year-old, who is most w- widely known for his um, satirical sketch comedy series, Chappelle Show, told Supermodel mm-hmm. Naomi Campbell during her podcast. Shout out to all the podcasters out there. Um, out he told her that he's been inspired by Stevie Wonder, of all mm-hmm. people, to take a pri- pilgrimage. Not just, see, he said a pilgrimage, but the man of God also wants to relocate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> back to the motherland uh-huh. um and in february this came from in february um stevie wonder told oprah winfrey that he intends on moving to the african nation due to the perpetual cases of racial injustice that have infiltrated american wow. culture uh, specifically against black americans so uh stevie wonder said i can't even see what's going on but get me up out of here <laughs> uh, <laughs> i can't even see the injustice i can't even but see I know the injustice happening. but i know it's happening get me out of here um, and if you try to fool me and like we left, I'm gonna smell the dirty air and I'm gonna tell you that this is not Africa. So Dave Chappelle's like, I'm gonna follow his footsteps and we're gonna all go to Ghana or Nigeria or somewhere else other than um the land of hate, which is um uh, United mm-hmm. States of America. Mm-hmm. Uh Vanessa Bryant is okay. not renewing Kobe's contract with Nike. Okay. Uh, with Kobe's five year um, post-retirement endorsement extension with Nike having expired this month. Uh, Vanessa and the Kobe estate decided not to renew the partnership. She confirmed with ESPN um, and a source close to them, Brian, said that um, the estate had grown frustrated with Nike, limiting the availability of Kobe products during his mm-hmm. retirement and after his January 2020 death. Um, there were also frustrations with the lack of availability of Kobe footwear in kids' sizes. Um, mm-hmm. Nike says um, that they have presented an extension offer that was not in line with the expectations of an ongoing lifetime structure similar to what um, they have with people like Michael Jordan and LeBron. Um, you're the the big Kobe fan and the sports mm-hmm. fans here. How do you feel about all of this? Uh, I think Nike should have given them the Jordan and LeBron deal. Um and I know he's not here, and I know it's being alive that sells shoes, but Jordan hasn't played a game in 20 years. Yeah. And, you know, Jordan's still sell. Kobe Bryant's shoes still sell. Most NBA players wear Kobe's if they're not, you know, wearing some other off, not off-brand, but other non-logo um, shoe. But most people wear Kobe's that are play basketball. Um, so I think Nike should have just done the, 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 what I think would have been just right off of just goodwill and all, all the things that, Kobe has done for Nike and um, how he's pushed the game forward and has pushed the company forward. Uh, I think they should have, you know, given them the lifetime deal. Um, Vanessa is true regarding the Kobe sizes and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I've tried to buy Kobe. I don't know how many times. And 
doing the drops. And I, I've struck out and taken so many L's trying to buy Kobe's because they just don't have a good number of them. And what's happening is they end up going to the resale market and it's you're paying thousands of dollars for some Kobe's. And I'm not about to do that. Um, so but on the flip side of that, I hope Vanessa does not think that just because they had a lot of success selling Kobe sneakers that were Nikes, that she comes out with like a Mamba shoe and think that folks is going to buy it. Yeah, because that's probably not going to happen. It's probably not. And, and, yeah. and mind you, I am like... Unless, unless she does it with Adidas. That'd probably be her only saving grace. Yep, she could. I can see that. Because then, because Kobe did start his career with Adidas. His first few signature shoes were with Adidas before, you know, he switched over to Nike. So I can see that happening. Because yep, as crazy um, as Kanye is, them Yeezys pop still. Yeah, um, Adidas is definitely in the game for for sneakers. Adidas and Nikes are pretty much going head to head. And at this point, really, Yeezys... Are outselling Jordans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so I, I think if if anything, that's what she don't need to have no like you said no special Mamba brand. Don't do no shoe. Shaq. Don't or do no Shaq. Although, yeah, no, we don't. We I don't walk up and see the gear and see Kobe's. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Sitting and I, I I understand the idea because her frustration was the fact that like you know the everyday people couldn't get Kobe's. But I don't want. This sounds really bad. I don't want everybody just walking around in Kobe shoes. Like I think he's that great to where there should be some certain level of. Um, this sounds really elitist. It is really elitist, <laughs> but like you know, other than like you know, you know, it sounds bad, but it's true. I I, mean, you I, say I think what you say. yeah, I think it's I think there's a certain mystique about Kobe. I think folks should you know it should be a hot commodity. No, I get it. Um, I think her best bet is to go with Adidas mm-hmm. and kind of see what happens there. I th- they would probably. They will jump at the they opportunity, um, without a doubt. And and again, because most people are infatuated by brands and things, people mm-hmm. are going to you know it's Adidas. Like people may be checks over stripes, but they're gonna go get them. They're gonna go get them shoes. Oh yeah. Um. So that is that. So we hope that they're able to work out something, and that Vanessa and the Brian Estate, um, you know, can give the culture what they need in terms of preserving his legacy through fashion. Um. So, I think did I say this earlier about there were fifty some days to summer, or did, did I say it offline? I, I can't remember. Offline. I can't remember. Anyway, there are fifty some days to summer, but what mm-hmm. would not be happening this summer is a white boy summer. Uh, okay. And speaking of white people, Tom Hanks son. See, this okay. is why I don't know any, and this is why I don't care to know anymore. Because you get to know him, sometimes this is what happens. Chet Hanks, okay. the son oh, of Tom Hanks, he's an aspiring okay. rapper, actor, and occasional host of a viral internet. Ooh, movie. Child. He had a he had a, he had a big day. Um, you know, I think a few weeks ago, um, he declared that this would be a white boy summer in the Instagram video. Then he released a song and a video and an anthem among other rhymes of Tatiana with Cabana and Rihanna and Slutvana and it's like Mambo Sauce number five. And then um, there's a Jamaican, there's a Jamaican Patois accent that he uses. Um, He uses the Jamaican flag. Um, There's a woman twerking on his head. Then there's another woman that twerks on his head. All this is just in the video. It's like twerking here, twerking there, black stuff, black stuff, black stuff, Caribbean stuff, Caribbean stuff, Caribbean stuff. Uh, But it's going to be a white boy summer. Let me just, let me put this out here. 
Let me put this out here. Brian and I have no problem with white people. We don't. What we have a problem with is whiteness. And I'm going to tell you the difference, right? And I was trying to say this for the liberal, and I might okay. still save it. <laughs> but let me just say, let me, no, I can't save it. We have a problem with whiteness. <laughs> and whiteness is um, the privilege that you sit in, the inability for you to realize it, and the circumstances by which you put yourself in is to be completely ignorant and tone deaf. Um, in a myriad of ways. Um, the reason why there can never be a white boy summer because it's always white boy time. Mm-hmm. We saw that. We see that consistently in our justice system. Mm-hmm. We see that in terms of other systems that were built to keep us oppressed. Uh, we mm-hmm. see that as we navigate corporate America. We see that as we're walking up and down the street. It is always white boy, white girl summer. It is all like, you know, so this, so to declare this is literally just trying to hop on the back of an amazing black woman. Mm-hmm. We who declared about hot girl summer, um, and then on top of that, with the men responding to city boy summer, you know things like that. So, mm-hmm. like, just chill out with it, bro. Like, I, you're not, you're never going to be Eminem. Um, you remind me of like the Malibu's most wanted rapper guy, whatever that was. That was that the movie Malibu's most wanted. Was that the movie? Yes, Malibu's yeah. most wanted. I can yeah. laugh at that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would. Um, <laughs> Tang is uh, a black ploy, you know, <laughs> it is up there with like, um, what are all the black, you know, exploitation movies back in the Dolomite, day? Dolomite, Cleopatra Jones, and all that. <laughs> yes, <Pudi-tang. laughs> um, but no, seriously though, Chet, stop it. I hope that you know, I hope that whatever movement you're trying to put in place, I hope it fails. Um, <laughs> I hope there is no success with whatever you're trying to do in the white boy summer. Um, and I hope Tom Hanks, you know, I hope your daddy can slap some sense into you a little bit. Speaking of slapping, um, and stuff that don't make sense, folks have started a petition, Brian, um, to bring to to um, T'Challa back. Mm-hmm. You don't know who T'Challa is, that is the Black Panther. Um, but Disney and Marvel is, you know, adamant about that not happening. Fans of the franchise are making it known that they want to see that kind of character return in a sequel uh, after Edward Chasman Bozeman passed away. Uh, Marvel Studios, however, and director Ryan Coogler has said that King T'Challa would not be replaced. Um, but now there's a petition that's been created and it has amassed quite a few signatures, Brian, requesting mm-hmm. um, the return of the character created by E-Man's movie reviews. The petition states this. It says, this is a call for the president of Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige, co-president Louis D., um, don't want to mess up your last name, and writer-director Ryan Coogler to reconsider their decision and recast the role of T'Challa in the Black Panther franchise. If Marvel removes T'Challa, it would be at the expense of the audiences, especially black boys and men who saw themselves in him. This also includes the millions of fans who were inspired by the character as well. By not recasting, it would stifle the opportunity for one of the most popular leading black superheroes to add on to their legacy. The number one way to kill a legend is to stop telling their story. There are so many things wrong. So many. Here. All right. <clears throat> one of them being the studio said what they said. Right. So there is no petition that's going to change. This isn't a law. This is right. entertainment. <laughs> Right. Nothing's going to change. Then number two, 
for people who are so adamant about being fans of Black Panther, I'm not even a comic book fan like that. But what I do know is that in the actual comic book series, Shuri becomes the Black Panther. So it is kind of a natural mm-hmm. progression. Like Chadwick's characters, unfortunately, Chadwick, the character didn't die. Chadwick died, right? Mm-hmm. So in turn, the character is 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 leaving. But in relation to the actual freaking comic book, the sister can become the Black Panther. Like mm-hmm. it's yeah. really, I mean, though, I think the hardest part is trying to identify how they how they kill him off in the beginning right, or something. Right, but right. you don't need a new cat. We just need somebody in the costume, maybe in a bad fight. Mm-hmm. He loses. They have a funeral. And then, you know, Shuri takes the rank. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. We don't, we don't, we don't need him to be bad. And then to say that taking him away deprives black men of seeing themselves. Do you not know that the Black Panther was only the Black Panther because of all the women that were around him? Right. His entire security were women. The reason why he even came back to life was because of women. Mm-hmm. Like, if anything, we, we should be more upset they took away some of the women characters mm-hmm. in Black Panther. Now, I'm not saying that Chadwick didn't kill the role and that he wasn't amazing, but what I am saying is that I don't know that any other Black men would feel slighted by not seeing the Black Panther. In fact, we have another Black leading hero in like mm-hmm. the Falcon and Falcon, Winter Soldier yep. movie. Yep, um, who's taking over for who may be taking over for Captain America. So yep, and then um, Don Cheadle plays um, yep. some the, um, some character in in yep. Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, Baku uh, from from yep. uh, from Black Panther. From Black Panther, um, 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 the guy who was in Moonlight is going to be the new Blade. That's Ooh. like a Marvel character. Um, That's good. So there's like a, there's a lineup of black leading characters mm-hmm. that are coming that is in the pipeline. So this is all bull swanky, and I don't want to hear. I feel like this was rooted in a level of misogyny. Um, that I didn't appreciate. Um, and that's really all it. That's really really all that it is. And I'm sorry that the billboard wasn't super uplifting. Maybe we should have saved Luther Vandross for the end. I don't know because we about to go into another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> another conversation you know what i'm saying that may or may not trigger warning now trigger warning now trigger warning you know we about to discuss the things all the things it wouldn't be the podcast we that's what the podcast is about i know we laugh i know we joke mm-hmm. and we find pockets of joy but also this podcast is about getting together in the living room and having these conversations about how we navigate life and how we move forward and that's exactly what we need to think through after the verdict that we just got and after the traffic your tragic killing of another young black person. So, Brian, are you ready? To I'm do ready. This? I'm going to put my dashiki on, light some incense, and raise my the black Baidu incense. Ooh, I want the candle. I hit her up on Instagram and asked for the candle or how to get the candle. I want the candle. I, I actually was just on Baidu World Market earlier today. And Is it available? It's sold out. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, see. I want to know what common and uh and um. Listen, it said it's made thousand and it's all them the ashes of her panties. <laughs> And I quote the ashes of her panties. What what how do you get panty ash? What is that like? They set them on fire. Oh, okay. So you you she probably wore these drawers for a couple of days just to give them a nice. Didn't wash scent. them. Didn't wash them and then got a scent set them and on it fire. said mixed with other essential oils. So Ooh, juices and berries. I mean mighty God. All right, let's go. Grab your snack, okay. grab your juice, <laughs> kick off your shoes <laughs> and relax your feet. Head on over Hard to the living room with us. All the all the things. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, good people. We are here in the living room. I hope you're comfortable. I hope you got a good seat on the couch. I hope you got your blanket, all the other things. Um, Brian. Yes. Yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, Well, two days ago, if you're listening to this now, um, the world was was actually shocked. And that's the sad part, that we were shocked. Sure is. That there was a guilty verdict for Mm -hmm. uh, former police officer um, Armand Chauvin. Mm -hmm. We know that he was the murderer um, mm-hmm. to George Floyd, and he sure was found guilty on all three accounts. Now, there have been several conversations around this not being justice, this is accountability, and this isn't enough, and you know, people celebrating, and so many things. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I think opinions are everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. But before we dive deep, well, let, let's just do this. We want to have a conversation about you know, black people existing, what it means to be black in America and what it means to have space, right, in America that doesn't always give us space to have space for us and how we can navigate uh, what this verdict means. Because this this means something. And the reason why it really is, it's, it's monumental because this is an accountability moment, right? This is a point of justice. Mm-hmm. But it also is important because oftentimes this kind of verdict never happens. I mean, mm-hmm. never happens. White never. cops are typically never held accountable for their actions in the destruction of black and brown communities, primarily through the murder and the killing of black and brown men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time we saw something different. So it, it doesn't take away um, the weight of this moment. It's just what does this mean? How do we as black folk continue to navigate this space? So, Brian. Your initial thoughts. What did the verdict mean for you? Oh, whoo, whoo, whoo. that's I, I so know much. it's loaded. I that know. is super loaded. Um, so I'm gonna give you my first thought, sure. and then I guess you want to give me my first thought, and then give you your first thought, and go back and forth. Yeah, let's do that. that. Okay, so my first thought was finally. Um, again, I grew up in Southern California. Those that do not know, or you should know if you listen to the podcast, I grew up in Southern California, uh-huh. <clears throat> and one of the first things I can remember was the LA riots, which started after the video of Rodney King being like beaten to a pulp and it was on video. Yeah. Saw the video. Dude has no weapon. He's getting literally pummeled by multiple police officers. No weapon. None of that stuff. Goes to trial. Every cop gets off. They said it was not use of excessive force. They they pretty much damaged his character. Um, said that he was on drugs and all this kind of stuff and all that kind of stuff. Pretty much everything they're doing right now. Back then, I said, you know what? Like, I can't believe this is on video. Fast forward for almost thirty years. We're at thirty years now. Almost Something Jesus, like that, Jesus, yeah. Jesus, Jesus. Thirty years later, um, we're still seeing the same thing. We're seeing now. We have video evidence, time and time again. Uh, Alton Sterling, um, uh, the, the brother uh, Gardner in yeah, Eric um, Gardner, in New Eric York. Gardner in New York. We're seeing folks literally get killed on video, and cops get off. Yeah. Um. So this go around, I was when it happened, I was like, finally, like, wow, like someone actually um, is getting punished 
for just not doing the right thing yeah. or doing wrong. Um, so I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop there before I go deeper into my thought process. I, I'll toss it back to you. Um, similar. I want to say that um, my sentiments were finally it happened, but immediately after I took that deep breath, it was almost like, all right, now what do I do now? Because something in me just didn't. I don't know what what I celebrated and was happy for the Floyd family mm-hmm. in particular. There was something in me that didn't allow me to be exuberant. And mm-hmm, it was something mm-hmm. that was numbing about it. Right. Still. right. Um, and part of me could have been because Breonna Taylor's family didn't get this level of justice. Nope. Um, Tamir Rice's family didn't get this justice. Trayvon Martin Did didn't not. get this level of justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many other, you know, Amar, you know, Mar- like his case is next month. So we don't know right. what's going to happen. Yeah. But, but still, right? Mm-hmm. And he's getting tried in Georgia. So. Right, his killers rather are getting tried in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, so there. I mean, so I, I maybe that's where my mind is or was, but initially, I think I went from okay, finally, and then I think my next question was immediately okay, now what? Mm-hmm. Because I just feel like there's a shoe that's going to drop, and it's and it's so sad mm-hmm. that as a black man, um, as a person, as an American, that I have that feeling of pessimism. Right. Mm-hmm. Even when giving the truth that we somehow in in a particular circumstance overcame, mm-hmm. but what does that even because I because it's so new? What does this even mean? Right, right. I think that's that's what I'm left to figure out. Yeah, and and I agree with that because to me it was like, all right, he's guilty, but I and this is this is my thought process, right? Okay. So I think I saw a statistic, and I don't know how true this is, but it said like 2005, um, I think like five to eight police officers have been tried and convicted of a crime when it came to shooting an, an unarmed person or a person of color or whomever, an unarmed person. And since 2005, there's been like 16,000 <laughs> police shootings. You know what I'm saying? So out of five to eight, that's like nothing. You know what I mean? Not even 1%. Um, Right. Um, so I'm thinking about that. The other part of me is thinking like, you know, this moment was so egregious mm-hmm. um, to where it started nationwide protests. It wasn't just black folks protesting. It was like pretty much all races that were protesting. Um, <clears throat> so if anything, to me, this was kind of like the sacrificial lamb for white supremacy. It was the... Mm. Well, this one was just was so blatant and so egregious to where even white folks are saying like, "Oh man, like that was wrong." Uh, that it was so so egregious. There was nothing else that probably could have happened. So they were like, "We're gonna throw you all this bone," but after this, right. we're probably gonna see a whole bunch of just, you know, a whole bunch of just other mm-hmm. stuff. And this is gonna be the one where they're gonna say, "Well, see, we gave you, we gave you this one." Um, Kind of similar right. to <laughs> Mitch McConnell saying, well, we gave y'all a black president. Like, what y'all talking about? Like, why y'all complaining? We gave y'all a black president. Like, chill. This might be the situation where, like, y'all got y'all justice. Um, where it should be precedence. It should be a situation where um, you utilize this case as um, a reference to try other cases. And it should be something to where cops who are the bad cops, again, the bad mm-hmm. cops should use this as a sign of like, oh, we can't just get away with stuff. 
but it's not. It's not going to be the case. Um, and I'm and pessimism is fine. Like I understand it, and it's been 400 years of America showing us who America is. Um, even before then, it was colonists, colonizers doing what they call that they do. So it doesn't surprise me. Um, and I and I'm this may sound bad, but I'm okay being pessimistic. I would rather um, not believe in the justice system uh, and then be excited when they do something that they should be doing than to get my hopes up and feel like America's going to do the right thing or the justice system going to do the right thing and then get my feelings hurt because they don't. Yeah, no, no, I completely agree with that. I think um, for me, it is, all right, now what does policy, I think that's the that's where my other question of what's next yep. leads to, what does policy look like? Mm-hmm. Um, because at one point I know the Biden administration talked about creating this police um, commission mm-hmm. that um, social justice organization, even police organizations push back against. It was like, we don't need no, we don't need no conversations. We know what mm-hmm. needs to happen, right? So um, what is all in this George Floyd bill that's proposed, right? And why isn't it getting bipartisan support? That's the other thing too, right? Mm-hmm. So even if the Mitch McConnell's of the world that like, we gave you this, all right, well, why aren't you supporting you know what I'm saying? The very thing that can protect, right? The totality of America that you claim you right. believe in. Um, right. So what does this look like from a policy standpoint? Um, more specifically, don't let this be a moment where you push Kamala to the front just because she black. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I saw the statements. I, saw, mm-hmm. I, I watched the videos yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I get it. She's the vice president. You know, she, she goes first. But something about Maybe I would have felt even worse if she went last because that would have been even more intentional. But I do. But a part of me is also like this should be the rallying cry for Kamala. Like this should be the thing she picks Mm up Mm -hmm. just like Obama allowed Biden to kind of lead out in some of the more economic relief efforts when he was VP. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this could be the very same thing for her, like. Not to necessarily say, hey, you the black woman, do it. But this is absolutely, if I'm in that seat, I'm like, I absolutely want to help champion this cause. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This can be a part of your legacy, but I'm definitely going to be the one talking, advocating, pushing all the different types of things. And I think that's what I want to see on a federal level. What I want us to also do is allow this to be a real conversation and not even a conversation, but decision making and strategic changes on the local level about policing. There's no way in the world as a human being, whether you are a police officer or not, that you can look at that video and say without a shadow of a doubt right. that anything was done right because nothing was done right. Mm-hmm. Nothing was. I don't no, care no. how committed to, to 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 the work you are. I don't care how much you align yourself with police affairs. That was bloody murder, and mm-hmm. that was wrong. And yep. if you, as a police officer, cannot see that, you need to turn your badge in and get off the force. Mm-hmm. And if you can see that, you need to get off your seat of silence, mm-hmm. right, and begin to say, "Hey, I believe in." you know, the justice system, whatever you want to say. But I do think we need to, we, not that I think, I know we need to make changes in this way. And maybe that comes through defunding the police. Because um, I am not necessarily against that. But, but that's also because I understand what that means. I understand that means, what that means is that we take police officers out of schools mm-hmm. and put 
you know, de-escalation officers in schools. Now, I know that some schools are, are rough. And, you know, I went to a high school that in the be- at the beginning of the school year, at the end of school, we had metal detectors. <laughs> Um, because you just didn't know. Um, I also understand that if fights happen, um, that you need an, but at my school and, and not to say that it couldn't have happened, but even when those brothers or sisters got into fights, the coaches was usually, cause we had an older resource officer. By the time officer Dixon got down the hallway, that fight was already broken up and and over with anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, there was only one circumstance. I remember that he really had to step in when I was a student, unfortunately, lay hands on the teacher and mm. that student got arrested and you know went to juvenile but again even in mm-hmm. that that student didn't die Mm-mm. you know what I'm saying they were able to remove the student you know and and do what was necessary in terms of you know punishment and accountability but defunding police means getting police officers out of schools defunding police means um reducing the amount of presence in neighborhoods and replacing that funding with mm-hmm. after school programs replacing mm-hmm. that funding with um counseling centers and job centers to tackle the real issues mm-hmm. that lead to crime because what nobody's really talking about is that a lot of people resort to crime because mm-hmm. of the lack of access and resources within those communities mm-hmm. so when they like I heard somebody explain looting. While I don't, while I won't necessarily loot. A lot of the people feel like this is my opportunity to get things I've never gotten, and I would never get, and I will never get. Mm-hmm. You can agree or disagree with that, but the mindset of that also comes from poverty. That poverty is also coming from systematic things that are there in place that does not give everybody the same chance. So you can say all you want to say. Well, everybody can do this. Everybody can do. This. You can't say that when. High schools that are blocks away from each other are totally different in terms of funding, in terms of resources and the allocation of textbooks and the type of class that are offered. So, like, I I went to Hillcrest High School, a proud alum, but literally 10 minutes away was Whitehaven High School, which was the premier high school in the Whitehaven community. And they had far more resources than we had. Their their laboratories were staffed, Brian. Mm Mm-hmm. My yeah. my teacher had to go pull out of his own pocket to get us stuff. I wow. never dissected an animal until I got to college. Wow. I had friends at Whitehaven who had dissected all kind of stuff mm-hmm. because they had it. We couldn't afford frogs. <laughs> and it was just what and, and I don't think that I got a second rate education, but there were certain things that I did not have access to, right? So if it wasn't for my parents, right, and some of the pushing that I had, right. who who knows where I would be? I say that to say that literally and brian here's the other part the street that i lived on went to hillcrest people across the street because of the zoning went to whitehaven and it was a predominantly black neighborhood so it wasn't a black and white thing uh well back in the day because Whitehaven, well that's that's a whole other history memphis history lesson but right right um but anyway it was so in at this particular point it wasn't a black and white thing it was a it was a prestige elitist type of thing that was going on. But what I'm saying is I could live across the street from the same person, same middle class, middle to upper middle class neighborhood, um, and still have different access points to resources and tools designed for my success. So what does all of this mean? What this means is that where is the policy that deals with police in a way that also deals with how we treat systems, how we treat communities, how we look at black and brown people to try to avoid some of the circumstances where somebody feels like they have to forge a $20 bill, where somebody feels like they have to sell single cigarettes, right? Mm-hmm. Like these are the petty crimes that mm-hmm. these black men died over. But what if, and, and who's to say 
that life, you know, life would not have lifed because life right. be out here lifing. But who's also to say that if they had access to resources, right, and if these police officers or there were de-escalation experts or people trained in specific things in place rather than this trigger-happy cop, that mm. all of these situations would be different. What is the policy that's coming next? Right. <clears throat> I agree. And one of the things I'm thinking, and I don't know how likely this is or how possible it is, I think do you unionize in the police is it needs to be a thing. Like so no unions. No unions. No, police unions should not be a thing. Um because what happens is somebody gets gets killed, a police officer does something, then the union rep comes in and fights for that 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 officer. Yeah. Um you have a union and that that's it's somewhat kind of similar to like a gang. It's I'm with my union, I'm back by my union, so you're not, you're no longer thinking about rationale. It's usually it's police versus civilian. Right. Yeah. Without the idea of the thought process, this in 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 theory, or not theory, in in, in real reality, it's America versus America. It's neighbor versus neighbor. Um, that that's something. You know what I'm saying? Like if you if you think about it as a fact of life, it's not us versus them, being police versus citizens, and even reverse is not citizen versus police officer. Um, and the police officers were on the right side of just right. They did things because it was right and not because I'm I'm supporting my partner. You know what I'm saying? That's usually yeah. what it is. So when you're so busy and so um, worried about supporting your partner, um, you're liable to, um, you know, stand by idly while he's on somebody's necks for nine minutes. You know what I'm saying? You stand yeah. by because that's your partner. Whereas if you say, you know what, F this union, F this whole gang mentality, let me do what's right and get this dude off his, off, off his neck. On top of that, <clears throat> real comprehensive pun- uh, punishment, um, pension should be should go away. Like if you like taxpayers are the, like right now, after it's all said and done, um, uh, brother's name, Fl- George Flores family can now sue Minneapolis, the police department, whoever. So what's happening is Asher's, pa- Asher's family, the taxpayers, state taxpayers, whoever taxpayers are, are now going to be required to pay. The Floyd family, because this police officer did something. So now the taxpayers are being are being affected by this person's wrongdoing. Um, so I think in situations like that, if you, you know, put things certain things in place, like if you do this, you do that, then your pension is gone, your retirement is gone. Yeah. Um, and you can also face up to jail time and, and let people know ahead of time, you know, we're not playing. You know, of course, if if there are, we know you're making split split second decisions. Um, internal investigations, all kind of things. I think if you put things in place, just like y'all think that laws are in place as far as to keep people from doing crimes, yeah. I think hopefully we can de-unize the de-unize the police and also put certain things in place to where um, it holds them accountable, not just when something happens, sure. but when there's uh, multiple offenses. So if you have an if you if, if I sit there and file a complaint against this, this police officer for harassing me, um, that should be on the on the dude's record. And it shouldn't, and in, 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 in multiple instances, that person should be fired. Um, however, what y'all do now is y'all, the you are the fact is that so many people are corrupt that it's like, I can't, you know, talk bad about you because I'm the one who trained you to do that. And it's been years of training folks to do wrong. Um, so I think one thing I think, you know, defunding also de-unionizes. So there's no, there's no gang. There's no clique. It's every man for himself. Um, of course, you would still support your partners, but overall, it's it's gonna be a situation where if you do something wrong, you're on your own. Like that's it. Like 
we're not we're not gonna be paying for no attorney. You're not paying for an attorney for you to you know get off. Like none of that stuff. I think we need to get rid of that um that mindset. I think it and it's it sounds complex or so difficult, but it like it really needs to be destroyed and rebuilt because it's it's toxic all over the United States. Again, I'm from Southern California. I know yeah. how police are where we are, and I and you can hear stories from all over the world where police officers they they start out with young kids to intimidate young kids, um, to with them when they get older to you know potentially cause a dislike for police officers. I do. I remember one time uh, my brother was driving. So I was in my teenage years. My brother was driving. We saw a police officer. I gave him a nods up like, hey, what's up? You know, appreciate you as like in terms of police officer. They pull us over and it pulls out the car and have us sitting on the curb. For what? You know what I'm saying? Like off of just a head nod, like what's going on? So then what you're really teaching is and, and growing up is you don't make eye contact with police officers. Um, it's awesome. Like slave master, runaway slave type stuff. Mm-hmm. And they do it intentionally. They do it intentionally. They start with you young. Yeah. You're afraid of them. Um, so then we get older, you have the PTSD situation where they're trying to arrest you. What are you going to do? Going to run. Uh, they try to arrest you. You want to resist because you've seen what has happened in the past. Um, and people got murdered, people got killed. Yeah. It's fear mongering. Yeah. It, and that's what it is. You, it, it's you, the badge itself does not, um, make us respect you. So what you're trying to do is they're trying to intimidate us at a young age. So then we get older, we're afraid of police officers and, and it, and it makes it worse. It's, it's not, we're afraid of you. It's F you like. I don't care about you. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't turn to fear. It more returns it to like, F you. So I can go on and on about my experiences with police officers. <laughs> no, that's 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 all true. And I don't think that that's, that experience, well, I, that's not that I think. I know your experience isn't isolated. But even taking that, Brian, how do we, is there space for us to process this, right? When do we finally get to breathe? Or do what does processing even look like for us after situations like this? Um, let's see. How did I process? Let's just use me for an example. Okay. I watched the I watched the verdict. Mm-hmm. Saw he and I we didn't mention this earlier, but saw the white supremacist face. Like the oh, like he what? was baffled. Like I'm guilty on all charges. <laughs> I, like, I can only imagine if that mask was pulled down what the entire face was doing oh yeah <laughs> um, so for, to me it was just like wow again we finally got one and then there was some level of like a, a small sense of exhaling like whew, like yeah. I was so stressed out about this because in my heart of hearts I just knew for a fact like that he was going to get off or at bare minimum, I was like, and this is terrible. This is really bad. I'm sorry to admit this. I was like, at least just give just give us manslaughter. I don't care what it is. He, he don't have to get the murders. <clears throat> as long just anything to me will do. Anything will do. Um, and then of course, I again, like kind of like you, I thought about it. What does it mean in the grand scheme of life? And I, you know, it didn't mean much. And then we went to the group chat, and then we kind of had our feels about it, and everyone had yeah. their own separate like you know thoughts on it so uh i guess i would ask you the question like what did you, what did you do to process i did what i knew best i, I wrote about it mm-hmm. and um so after i watched it i i actually before when i found out when it was announced that the verdict would be um you know read live at like i think mm-hmm. five o'clock or four thirty hour time or something like that i i packed my bags at work Hmm. I was prepared to go because I work in a not predominantly white, all white space. 
mm-hmm. with no official HR representation. Okay. And um, so there's no support. There's no ERG. There's no other black folk. There's none of that for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I was prepared to walk out with um, not quit my job, but definitely <laughs> for the day. Oh, yeah. Um, the yeah. With no explanations, with nothing. I was just going to leave. And when it was announced again, I was like, oh, okay, great. This is dope. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And I went back to like what we discussed earlier. What does this mean? Mm-hmm. So I just, mm-hmm. I, I took pen to paper, um, more so, you know, keyboard to, to Microsoft Word. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just pinned a few paragraphs of my thoughts pretty much. You know, examining what it means to be black in America and to understand that to celebrate this also means to know that this is just the preamble or the precursor mm-hmm. for something more. And to right. and to celebrate this is to also understand that we, we need conversations and we need the folklore of black people, I think is what I said in that piece, mm-hmm. um, because one day this story will be whitewashed. And mm-hmm. the, the halls yep. of the academy will tell a very different story. So we need like. You know, when me and Brian are officially the uncles, you mm-hmm. know, uh, at the cookout, sitting mm-hmm. around in a lawn chair, we can tell this story for what it really was. Yep. Not the version that's going to be in a textbook um, mm-hmm. um, because every child will have access to the latest or the newest um, think piece book that was out about this. They just will have their textbook. Um, yep. So we, we're going to need the fork, you know, to, to, to win this means that we need that we now become the elders and we must mm-hmm. continue the oral traditions yep. of telling the stories that matter. Um, and to understand that while we are exhaling, that we immediately inhale because there's another case right down the road in Brooklyn Center, yep. uh, Minnesota, for a white cop who killed a black man. And then there's a girl who died in Ohio mm-hmm. who was murdered by a white police officer. So it's like as soon as we breathe, mm-hmm. here we are. So for me to process this means to be in this consistent circle of exhaustion. And mm-hmm. I think I've seen the, the the post that says that blackness is not exhausting. Racism is. And it's so very mm-hmm. true. I wake yep. up black and proud and beautiful every and loving who I am every single day. We start this podcast off mm-hmm. um, very jovially, you know, saying it's a great day to be black, to which I, I sometimes <laughs> add, if I was white, I would cry. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not to say again that I hate white people because that's not the case. It's just I find so much pride in who I am mm-hmm. and the and, and the beauty and the struggle of my people and my right. heritage and my ancestors that I, I would not want to be anything else. I love being black, but I also understand that being black comes with a level of exhaustion because of the racism that is attached and things that we have to face. Right. Because what we're doing is. You know, Amar, you know, the Chauvin case and systematic racism and politics of corporate America and, you know, the killing of another unarmed black person. Well, another, you know, black person, rather. And then I'm still, you know, expected to sit at my computer and produce these Excel spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. I'm still expected to write these reports um, and to operate like a robot while you are able to kind of, you know, live life. Mm-hmm. And just go through it unaffected, unbothered. So to process this means to make space, mm-hmm. to log off the Zoom, to walk out of the office. Like I was prepared to walk up out that joint. Right. <laughs> um, to I had a meeting um, yesterday evening. And while this was a positive verdict, I had a meeting for my side cons- consulting business. I was like, nope, can't do it. Just not in the space. Mm-hmm. And, and I wasn't asking that client. I told them. 
I cannot do it. Um, and there are some other reasons why I had that kind of autonomy because, you know, contracts. But <laughs> um, but but even still, you know what I'm saying? Understand. And that meeting was with another black person. But understanding mm-hmm. that I don't have the capacity for your Zoom. If it's not bringing me joy right now, I don't want it. Uh, so maybe that means pouring up a glass of wine and watching reruns of Living Single. Maybe that's how I process so I can engage myself in another world mm-hmm. to forget about what's happening in this one. Um, so I think it is making space. And we talk about it quite often on this podcast in terms of self-care, right? Yep. Not being uninformed, but but willingly saying, you know what, I'm tuning out of this for a second because when because when after they read all the things about him being guilty, Brian, I turned CNN off. I didn't finish. I, when I saw him walk out of there in handcuffs, I was like, I'm done. I've seen everything I need to see. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to sit there and watch all the analysis. I did I definitely didn't nope. want her Van Jones sit oh, up there that. and that girl sit up there and cry, do what she was gonna do. I didn't want her none of that. So phony. I didn't want her none of those. I didn't want to see none of those crocodile tears. But I think. To answer the question, you know, to make a long story less long or a long answer less long, <laughs> um, I think the way we process is that we make space and we take it up authentically and boldly and loudly. Yeah, I agree. It's it's just it is exhausting mm-hmm. um, because like like think about a time when like white folks had this feeling once maybe OJ had they had the time yeah we, right where it was like this major trial. Yeah. Um, where white folks were adamant that the person who was killed deserved justice at the hands of a uh, a person of color, black person. Yeah. And it was a situation where the person that the white folks thought for sure was going to go to jail got off. And you know, <laughs> you know why that's even still different? Because OJ wasn't nobody police officer. He wasn't. He his, wasn't. His job was not to protect and serve. It was not all. His job, and, and while I'm not agreeing with what he did and the man was acquitted, so I can't put guilt on him, but his job was not, he wasn't trained de-escalation. Like, not, you know what I'm saying? All of the things, the standard barriers by which police mm-hmm. officers, you know what I'm saying, are held up. It's just, it's not the same. So you're right. Maybe that one time in their entire white existence right. that they were able to sit on pins and needles and thought that something was happening, it didn't happen. That was the one time. And yeah. he was not a police. These are people who are, <laughs> who take oaths to protect me and mm-hmm. then kill me because they're afraid of me, allegedly. Mm-hmm. So they're protecting themselves. Right. It is self-preservation first. Right. Always and, with them. Yeah, and it's the... Shoot first, think second, and I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm being, and the thing we got to be fair. We, we got to be, you know, you know, your your uncle was a police officer. We know police officers in, my, in our families, so we do understand that police officers have to think, and they make decisions at at a certain at a moment. They do, they, they do. do. However, how be ever, how be ever, and and especially in this case, um, this wasn't that. That wasn't the case. Yes. Um. So, but in like. Another thing too is like y'all need to go see therapists. Like that's go do that. Um, but within that, um question. The the Joyce Floor thing it also kind of triggered a lot of allyship. Did it? In a sense, I think. <laughs> okay. Not, not uh what's the other word we're looking for? Not allyship, uh not uh, accomplices. Mm-hmm. Um, where people were legit, like in the good trouble with yeah. us. But yeah, definitely, I hear, um, you. I hear you, I hear you. And and genuine, not performative, not just because it's the new thing. It's the it's the protesting is like the new thing to do, and it was a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but we saw we saw more, I guess, of a push in white folks or non POCs or non black folks on these lines. Sure. Do you do you think you saw like white folks being on some like finally stuff or some justice type stuff or? I, I saw the one or two people. My social media and stuff is real black. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so the one or two people that I do follow who have always spoken out, I saw them, you know, celebrate or, um, you know, give similar sentiments about this is accountability and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I did not see um, the same level of performative action last summer that I mm-hmm. saw with this. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them were silent because I think Brian, to your point, some of them do feel like, all right, cool, y'all won, bet I'm I'm good yeah. now. No, you're not no, because this no. isn't over. And I think that is unfortunately the sentiments of many non-black people. Are oh, we good? They won. Oh, they won. We good. No, th- this is not it. This, this is, is not it. Ongoing fight. This is one case. And do you not <laughs> still understand that we're still fighting for Brianna? Like we're still fighting for justice mm-hmm. for these other families. And literally, right, regardless of what you think of the situation. Mm-hmm. A girl died the same day, like mm-hmm. hours late, like literally yeah. as they're announcing this, bam, this girl is dead. Like, mm-hmm. come on. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's what, that's what, and that guess is what I'm saying when this, when I say, you know, to be black in America. So, um, I, I think we will see a level of complacency from white people. I'm um, doubt. Um, it was fun. It was fun. Like, it was, it was fun, fun while it lasted. I mean, cause I mean, cause look at what the Raiders tweeted. Whew. I can Tone breathe down. now. Like, Tone come down. on, you know what I'm saying? That's the kind of stuff that 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 I'm talking about, right? Right. So, um, but what about I for a, you? I got, I got a good one for uh, a greater conversation. I'm gonna keep it. I'm not gonna mention it now, but okay. A, a white folk, just mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, I don't think they're they're not pushed uh, again. And same thing with I have one white person. I really I I've kind of messed with in terms of like on social media that I can think of that it's extremely vocal. And was like, oh, this is it. But um, we need to keep pushing. And she's a white girl who pretty much understood that she had privilege and then was like, dang, like I'm tripping. I need to I need to understand this and, and how can I be an accomplice to the struggle for for black folks? Yeah. Um, because when black folks aren't free, then nobody's free. And that's mm-hmm. what her thought process. So I've seen her keep that same energy throughout and going at her white friends and family members and then being mad at her because she's going hard uh for black lives. Um, but I don't think they, I don't think I don't think they're going to keep pushing us forward. I don't think that they're going to continue to push the needle forward. Um, it's going to go back to probably on some uh, explaining the reason why it was justified. Like yeah. that's just what it's going to go back to. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think so too. And um, yeah, I, I think we're going to hear a whole bunch of explanations. I actually saw t- a tweet that somebody shared because you know I'm not on the twitters. Um, from some random white girl who said all three counts guilty, that seems excessive. Like, I think those, are, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I think those are the kind of sentences we're about to see. Like, you wanted to see just, like, you claimed you wanted to see just, but not that much justice. Right. Y'all don't just need that bit. much. Like, you right. know what I'm saying? Like, you, like, you know, to your sentiment, manslaughter, you know? Um, but no, he got all three counts and he, he deserved it. He I deserved believe. it. And it was from a racially diverse, um, mm-hmm. Diverse in age, diverse in gender, mm-hmm. um, jewelry, uh, which was kind of like my God. But I mean, but again, Minnesota, 
Right. Man, I, 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 I joke with Ash all the time. You, your family, and Prince were the only black people in in the state. So like so so you know so I wasn't surprised by the makeup of the jury, but you know, but they came out and they did and they you know they did the right thing. But anyway, um, yeah, man, I don't. I don't know what allyship looks like after this. I don't know what real accomplices look like. Um, I'm tired of having the secret conversations with white people want to come talk to me and tell me how bad things are. Mm-hmm. But then you're not making any noise. You're not doing anything. Right. Um, it is not to say that you're a bad person, but you can miss me with the conversations. I don't yeah. I don't care to talk to you about it. If you're not going to if you're not going to do anything, then miss me with it. I'm not. We've had plenty of conversations. I don't want to educate you no more. I'm not right. recommending any more books. I, I I love you all the same. God bless you, your family, and Godspeed. But I don't care to have these conversations with you anymore. Right. And I, and I think I even said this with just those conversations in general. And I, I may get flagged for this, but I think I'm tired of us having the conversations in general, like the like Black in America conversations. Um, not just like on our podcast stuff like that, but like it's it's broadcasted like. Black folks talking about race in America. Yeah. And I'm like, we already know. We already know what it's like to be black in America. Like, we know this. We live it. It's every day. We live every single day. We need the people who you mentioned earlier, the Mark Paul Gosselers, the Brad Pitts, the uh, um, the Tom Hankses. The, we need them to be like, talk, talk to your people. Right. Why right? you out here dreaming about a white boy summer? Right. Talk to your people. <laughs> They're the ones who need to be having the conversations about race in America. Right. Because it's not the fact that we don't have the issue. Right. We are black. We're just black as black as black as black. So we know what it's like to be black in America. So it's not us being the aggressor. It's not us being the people who are creating the stereotypes about us. It's not none of those things. So if anything, like those same conversations that we're having all these black scholars and black celebrities and black athletes having um, about and surrounding race, it needs to be the white actors, white celebrities, white politicians, um, white scholars having those conversations and saying, what can we do as white folks and even non-black folks? Cause y'all be in, in that stuff too. Shouts out to our, our brothers and sisters who are, you know, agent hate, like y'all got to keep the same energy too. Like, so y'all need to have those same conversations. What can we do? What can we do yep. uh, to be better? Lay your um, privilege to, on the ground. Yeah. Like what can we do to be better? What can we do better? Make the society better. And, and if we are the, what considered the dominant, um, the dominant um, group, as far as white folks are considered the dominant in terms of just population or whatever, um, or in power and they're in part of the power structure, they're the ones who need to be having the conversations sure. in terms of how they can make this world better. However, all right, they don't want it. So it's not the conversations aren't going to be had. And like Matthew Brown said, they we've been having conversations for years and we've been telling them and they've been listening for years, but they have not been really um doing anything about it. It's so like it's going to therapy and not doing the work. You're just showing up. Right. So so even within that, like and even that thought process, is it daunting to the to, to know the the or feel like and knowing that we've been talking for 400 years and us having the conversations and even with this one, what I consider probably just throwing us a bone, do you, is it daunting or how do you feel the fact that like it may never um, get to the level or the space or place where it should be? I think, again, that's the reality of being black in America, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you fight. And I think part of the fight is knowing that this is more, this is, this is the forever 12 rounds. Mm-hmm. We get to round 12 and we're like, dang, it still ain't over. I, right. I, I think that is part of the fight. And I think that's part of the numbness that we saw with the, with this guilty verdict. Right. It's like, yeah, we got this. Okay. But now next, right. like it's, it's immediately next. Right. Because mm-hmm. we know it's not over. So 
to answer that question, it is it is kind of, it, it is amazingly cumbersome to to kind of think through what it means to possibly never um, arrive in a certain way. But but I guess what I'm loving about this is that we're literally living through what is kind of a modern civil rights movement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that. You know, you know, rest up to Martin and Malcolm and all the other ones before and after. I don't know that they would have envisioned even this much progress and black people doing the amazing things we're doing now. So while the fight will continue and it may not end in my lifetime, I am what I am confident in that Josh's and Brooklyn's generation Mm -hmm. uh, will will be able to experience something even more than we did. And and we didn't deal with the level of segregation and oppression that our parents and grandparents dealt with. Right. but even still, there are so many microaggressions, so many things that me and you have dealt with and deal with and are dealing with mm-hmm. uh, on a daily basis, weekly basis, uh, that hopefully our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren would not have to deal with. So um, I guess for me, it's daunting, but I'm committed to the eternal fight and doing what it takes um, to get where we need to be, you know, and not to sound cliche, but by any means necessary. We just got to keep yep. pushing. Yep. And speaking of that, uh, one of my favorite quotes is uh, Malcolm X says, if you stick a knife in my back nine inches and you pull it out six inches, it's not progress. Well, if you pull it all the way out, then that's progress. So progress is healing uh, the person, I guess, that made the blow in the first place. So at this point, we really need the folks to just come on, take it all the way out um, and we can start extremely fresh and get to where we need to be. You know, my and that's why that reformation that, is not the answer in some cases. It is not. It's just it is the, it is the total. It is dismantled. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. Malcolm said that back in the sixties. So let me just you know, it is what it is. Got to take it the knife all the way out our back. Yes, sir. So, all right. I'm. I am. I have become exhausted and spent yep. with with this. But it is good to process and get it out. And brother, it's always a pleasure to do it with you. Yes, sir. All right. So you ready to get into some black? I think we need the black man self care segment. <laughs> we, do, we do. We do need to get into it. So let's get into it. All right, black man self care. I am my brother's keeper time where we talk about all the things that we do to take care of our black selves, our black bodies, and Joshua Jamal. Rogers the first. I'm a fool government. <laughs> what will you be doing this weekend to take care of your temple? Sitting up in my room. <laughs> uh hopefully sitting in some manicurist chair, actually. Oh wow. Okay, I was gonna say something. Right. Yeah. Um, so I found this um black owned nail spa mm-hmm. and I'm gonna text um the lady who uh, did my nails and see if she has an appointment. I'm thinking I get in Friday after work because um, I got a, my goddaughter's birthday party is Saturday and I'm going to work out Saturday. So Saturday and me and Asher is trying to finesse a date night in there. We're thinking about mm-hmm. trying uh, Blaze, Todd and Candy's um, restaurant. Excuse okay. me, Candy and Todd, because we know, we know where the, <laughs> we know where the money resides. It's in the Cascade area. I think it's over in in, in the Black Rich part of Cascade. Um, <laughs> Black Rich part. Yeah, so we we're, we're thinking about doing that, uh, but no. But for self care is getting a man, not only just a manicure, but a pedicure, putting my feet. I yes. mean, in in just engrossing myself and and just letting them care for me. Um, in that way, how about you, bro? Um, I think I want to do the same thing. Like I, I'm in dire need of a pedicure, manicure. Um, these feet haven't been touched, 
in terms of like a professional. Have you been oiling your ankles? I mean, and your heels. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I usually keep my. If anything is lotion, my feet are lotion. I use lotion my feet real well. All right. And I put socks on to make sure I maintain the moisture. That's right. Yeah. So I gotta make sure I maintain the moisture. I can't have no you know, crusty heels and all that kind of stuff. And every time I get in the shower, I make sure um, that I clean my heels and make sure that my heels are all soft and smooth. Do you I can't wash have your no legs? I do wash. My, I wash all my body parts. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, Taylor you know, other, other folks. They wash their legs. Let the soap run down. Oh yeah. No, I definitely wash. Feet, legs, all that kind of good stuff. But I, I'm thinking about that. Um, going to do that. I'm gonna talk to Lauren to see if she wants to to go because I know we haven't done it in a while. She's been talking about going to go. Um, we both got the shots, so I so said we get a popper. Um, but that's it. All right, well, that sounds dope. Um, bro, do we have anything in the PO box that the postman delivered? Let's see. And I'm not gonna do. It. I'm gonna do it. Do, 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 do. <laughs> All right, uh, we do have something, and I think it's going to be great. All right, cool. Let's go on over. Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Bozeman. Wait, hey, 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 Mr. All right, good people, we are here at the post office box. And remember, as always, mm-hmm. you can submit your questions to ask um, the jigsaw. <laughs> I don't know what I was about to say. <laughs> I lost it for a second. Ask the jigsaw at gmail.com. Uh, we will give you a pseudonym. You can write in your questions, your comments, your concerns, and we will possibly read them out loud on the show. Brian, what do we yes. have? Who do we have? We do have a letter from the person who has pronouns of she and her. All right. So that's a woman. We, need a good, we need a good name. Okay. Give us give give us a good strong. You want strong a good name. strong name? Good strong name. Mmm. Who? Oh, I got one. You ready? Okay, We're ready. Shaterica Janae McGillicuddy. <laughs> Shaterica Janae McGillicuddy. McGillicuddy. Ain't that from like the Isle of Lucy McGillicuddy's? Hey, that's, uh, what, that's what the Lord put in my head. You said Shateria? Shaterica. Shaterica mm-hmm. Janae McGillicuddy. Shater- Shaterica. Okay, she, got, Shaterica. She, got, she got a little hourly came up in her... Um, Shaterica. All right. Shaterica. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Uh Shaterica says, What's good, Josh and Brian? What's good? Uh, I have a coworker who is about to get married, and she was talking to me about some of her future plans. One of the things she mentioned was that she wanted to wanted him to take her last name. Wanted him to take her last name. All right, what? Um, she's a, she is a tech at our office currently studying to be a doctor. She says, I'm going to be a doctor. Why should I have his name for most of the time? Homeboy was okay with the situation. I doubt she said the little doctor comment uh, to him makes sense. Um, however, after speaking with his dad and her dad, they both told him that she should be taking his name. Now he has reservations about the name situation. My coworker is adamant about keeping her last name and not even hyphenating it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, she also wants the entire family to have the same last name. So whenever they have children, they can be one family unit. As married men, what would you do? Any advice you can give her? Thanks, Shaterica, Janae, McGillicuddy. McGillicuddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know how hard it is to remember these names at the end of the morning, all that. Oh man! Oh wow, Brian, Whoa. you've been mm. you've been married longer than me, so I'm gonna let yeah. you. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go. 
2020, 2010, I was still stuck in the idea of women taking man's last name. I was stuck in idea. That's because it's tradition. Yeah. Um, 2021, if Lauren said, hey, I want to maintain my last name, I'd be like, bet, do what you want to do. That's fine. Um, we would probably think about what we would do with the children's name. You know, who would take the last name? Will we hyphenate their last name? You yeah. know, some Latino cultures, they do that. They hyphenate or they use both parents' name. Um, so I would probably consider that, if anything. Um, 2021, would I, Brian Hare, want to give up my last name for the sake of us maintaining the family name? Probably not. I really like my name. I like my name Hare. My wife's last name is Roberts. All those great last names. I probably would not want to change my name to Roberts. I really like hair. It's a thing about legacy and family. And I just love being a hair. So I probably would not want to give up my last name. Yeah. Um, but I would not be hard pressed or Panini pressed and any type of pressed to have Lauren at this point give up her name unless she wanted to. Um, I think the issue or the, the again, the compromise would be with, with Brooklyn, right? So if Lauren wanted to be Roberts, I want to maintain hair. What are we doing with Brooklyn's last name? It's going to be Roberts hair. I would be fine with that. You know, um, but and like in 2020, I would not want to take Lauren's name. I just wouldn't. I just like my name. You know, yeah, no, I think I agree. Um, Asha wanted to have my last name. We even had a whole conversation about her hyphenating it and everything. She's like, nope, don't want it. <laughs> okay. Um, and there are some, and there are some, you know, she had her reasons, but, mm-hmm. um, but she, she, she wanted. And then I think for her too, like, you know, we all gonna be Rogers, all of us, all the kids and everything like that. So right. that was a thing. Um, but like you said, in terms of today, I don't know. I I do know back in the day, it was a little bit more common for women to keep their maiden name for women of a certain status. So doctors and lawyers, because when I was at um Habitat for Humanity, our general counsel still used her, she legally never changed her name. Because back then attorneys kind of they kept their maiden names and i think it was a it was a sign of their strength or right, right. um whatever so it's it, it hasn't been uncommon for a while but it's becoming more common in terms of like um you know what women are doing i think for me the issue is a couple of things um dude was okay with taking her last name for whatever reasons until he had conversations that influenced that decision Mm-hmm. But I also want to know what was old girl saying that was kind of manipulating him to even think the way that he thought, because clear, if he's that easily influenced to change it back, that mm-hmm. means that he probably he probably just doing it to to appease you. So y'all might have ran up against that issue when it was time to go to the Social security office anyway. Right. right, right. Um, but like you said, I think the biggest issue here, I think both of y'all can get married, and have a very successful marriage by being mm-hmm. uh, Williams and Jones. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but when you have a child, when you have little Ashley, little Billy Bob, and little Bart, mm-hmm. what is Ashley, Billy Bob, and Bart last name going to be? Um, right? Are you going to give each child one of your names? You're going to keep it at four children and give two apiece? Like, I, like, right? What is what that? Does, like? What does that look like? And, and even if you did, you know, you know, Williams Jones or Jones Williams, like who go whose name is last? Whose name is mm-hmm. dominant? Because in high school, they're gonna call you by that last last name. Mm-hmm. Unless you hyphenated Williams Jones, then it's gonna always be Williams Jones. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I really don't know. I think for me, I, if I was a husband, well, I am a husband. If I was her <laughs> husband or her future husband, I would want to have a full conversation about why are you so pressed mm-hmm. for me to take your last name, 
right? Right. Uh, and so unwilling to have mine. Like, what is it about it? I think if I took my wife's last name, like you said, it's not because, um, you know, I wouldn't do it. I just, I didn't make Ashley take my last name. So I wouldn't let her make me take hers. Let me say it that way. So I wouldn't take hers. Um, on the so, I would want to have that conversation. Um, yeah, I just think you just need to have a conversation. I think that's just that's just really what it boils down to. Because at this stage in the game, you know, people can have successful marriages with separate last names. I don't think that that's going to be a barrier unless you make it one. Um, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. I would just want to have that conversation why she's so adamant. I could see myself taking Ash's last name for this reason alone, Brian. Mm-hmm. She had like this amazing relationship with her father and all this other kind of stuff, and she mm-hmm. was the only child. Mm-hmm. And no one was there to carry their legacy, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I'm the only boy. So then it'll be a question of my my dad's, you know, so it would it would be a legacy question on my end too. So, but that'll be the only way if I had like brothers. Mm-hmm. And she had, you know what I'm saying? Her, you know, something I, I would probably go into prayer mm-hmm. about that. Or I would just be like, you know, name the kids Beasley Rodgers. You know what I'm saying? I think that would be right, something. Right, right. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. Cause yeah, I doubt that I would have took her last name. If I'm just being honest, I don't know. But what I will say is that I think the best thing that she can do is be very, is stop trying to rap, stop trying to cloud chase about your little, nobody, like, I appreciate you being a doctor, but right. you know, what they got to do with what? What does your 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 title or role as being a daughter got to do with us and what we're deciding for a marriage? Like, girl, come on. So anyway, um, they just need to have a really in depth conversation and take that thing to premarital counseling. Like, figure it out, get to the root of all that, cause this ain't just coming out of nowhere. Nope. So get to the root of all of that. And Shaterica, Lene, McGillicuddy, I hope that we helped your friend. Hopefully we did. Hopefully we did. I don't know if we did. Um, ready to get to a greater conversation, bro? Ah, right, let's go. Let's do it. All right, we are here at a great conversation where Josh and I, we get some things off of our chests. Josh, do you have anything to get off your chest this week? Nope. I am going to surrender my post and pass it on to you, brother. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm going to keep it short because we've already had too many things that we had to get off our chest and we're trying to exhale. But when we talk about allyship, um, one thing you got to remember is to, it's better oftentimes to just say nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, than to try to be this great ally and then make yourself sound stupid. So um, the person I'm going to kind of, you know, say that needs to chill out is Nancy Pelosi. She's always doing a lot of the performative things to try to make it seem like she really cares about black folks. I really oh, don't think she does. I don't Nancy. think she does. <laughs> she is just the worst. Um, Nancy is in the same category as Joe Biden, that black people don't really rock with you. Um, you're kind of just the person we rock with because, you know, the people that go up against you are just worse than you are. We don't really care for you. People that you're going to be against are just worse than you are. Um, so we know back in the day, during the first, when George Floyd first passed away or was murdered first initially, she was one of the ones, her and, and, uh, and, Brother Clyburn, which I'm upset that he even went along with this, had the Kente cloth on and were kneeling Child. and looking stupid. Um, <laughs> but recently, uh-huh. this fool had the nerve to say 
that George Floyd mm. sacrificed his mm. life for the advancement of justice. Mm. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. But she did say he sacrificed his life. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Nancy, Nancy, Nancy. He, he did not sacrifice. If it were up to George Floyd, he would be alive. He'd be alive today. He did not want to die. He had a family. Uh, yeah, you know, kids. He had people that loved him. He wanted to just get his what he wanted from that store, get back in his car, and go home. He did not sacrifice. Only person that sacrificed their life for justice is Jesus. Hey, glory to His name. Um, but that's it. So, just uh, as a word for those folks who think you're trying to be, you know, an advocate, ally, an accomplice, just like just sit some things out. Shit up. Just, just shut up. <laughs> like, it just makes you sound stupid or look stupid. Yeah. Um, especially when you're doing things. We we can tell when you're doing things because you're just trying to, you know, make it seem like you care. And when you're doing things and saying things and you actually really do care. So Nancy Pelosi, like, shut up. I know you're the speaker of the house, <laughs> but please just 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 shut Sit up. Sit this one out, sis. Yeah, please. Just stop saying stuff. Just go. Go somewhere. Um and I think that is it, Joshua. All right. Well, if that is all, um, now that it has been uh, said, accepted, and understood, <laughs> this has been another episode <laughs> of the GSL Podcast. As always, thank you all so much thank you. Um, for listening in, for being here with us. Um, thank you again to Lola. I just, I just can't, yes. just can't thank friend, her enough. Friend in real life. Friend in real life, not just friend of the show. Friend in real life. We love her. Um, awesome feedback on last week's episode and um just so excited to have had such a legend here with us and always excited and happy for you all pushing it and showing your love um and all those kinds of things brian what can the people do to help us um uh, rate us five stars only nothing less than five stars go in there give us some great comments gas us up let us know how great we are check out the website jigsawpodcast.com follow us on facebook the jigsaw um follow us on instagram the jigsaw podcast um reach out to us ask the jigsaw for any questions and things you may need for us um follow joshua i am josh rogers follow brian i am brian Hare, and really just listen share friend tag some folks let people know um about the jigsaw if there's a person you would love to be on the jigsaw that you think is a great person go on their pages and just tag jigsaw and say hey y'all need to be on this show or you need to listen to this show uh continue to show matt love you guys will continue to do it we appreciate all the support. We couldn't be where we are without you. So that's it. And I'm going to toss it back to Josh for the benediction to let the people need to let the people know what they need to do. Um, or your ankles and your feet, like Brian mm-hmm. does, and put socks on afterwards to lock in the moisture yep. because gotta do that. As my girl um Takiya Nicole would say, your black will crack if it's dry. So mm-hmm. don't let this world stress you out um, because this is a stressful place. Find pockets of joy wherever you can find them because mm-hmm. all you can do is what you can while you can, the very best ways that you can, and in all you're doing, do not get caught with your work undone. That right. is a wrap. Love y'all. Peace, y'all.